Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recording started. Recording started. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ, the planet, every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, times are subject to change. <clears throat> You can also get the show on numerous platforms, including Podomatic, uh, of course, TalkShoe, Amazon, iHeart, and just others. So I guess what you can do is just put in Camp Constitution in any search engine, Camp Constitution Radio, and uh, you'll get hopefully get all these different um, your Spotify, for example, and so all these other uh, formats. Anyway, our show was brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And our next camp will be Sunday, July 17th to Friday, July 22nd, 2022, at the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center. And probably in about a month, I'll have uh, a list of uh, instructors, and uh, we'll do a uh, email blast and uh, announcing it. Registration is open already, and uh, we do have a ladies, uh, what we call a ladies retreat, and that's scheduled for April. Uh, I'll have that on our camp calendar on our website, hopefully soon. And we're looking into um, starting a, a family weekend retreat, probably in the fall. And um, we visited yesterday, um, we visited, that uh, would be Sunday, uh, Camp Sentinel in Tuftonboro, New Hampshire. It's only about a half hour from here. Beautiful place, and we might just uh, end up booking that. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, I want to get into to, uh, today's topic, and that would be inflation. Now, <clears throat> I remember years ago, back in the 70s, when Gerald Ford was president, he launched a campaign, or his advisors suggested he do this, was called whip inflation now win and how do you whip inflation according to gerald ford and his uh council on foreign relations handlers well the way to do it is for the housewives to cut coupons yes back in the 70s you could actually say housewives and you weren't considered a neo-nazi you know things were a little different back then there were only two genders of course there are only two genders now but there are a large amount of the population is uh, led to believe there's like 50 genders. So whipping inflation now by cutting coupons out, lowering the thermostat of your home, um, and, uh, being uh, re- recycling, be a, being a little more, um, watch your money a little closer, don't buy any frivolous purchases, and uh, other things of this nature. Um, well, nothing wrong with cutting coupons out if you have a product that you buy on a regular basis. You need to turn your thermostat down. You don't have to convince me that it's a good thing to do to save money on heat. But that has nothing to do with inflation or whipping inflation because inflation is a very simple definition. It's simply an increase in the supply of money. That's all it is. Now, 
sometimes you might have higher prices. That has to do with scarcity. So, for example, if, uh, if I'm making a certain item, you can look in the coin, uh, coin collectors. You know, the, what makes a coin more valuable is its rarity. It's nothing to do with inflation. Now, if a coin that's going, say, a 1909 VDBS in a fine condition is worth $1,000, inflation will make an impact. But what makes it worth $1,000 to begin with is because it's, uh, it's desirable, collectible, and relatively scarce. So that's why people, uh, uh, coin dealers will pay a higher price. Inflation will cause that price to go up, but not dramatically. It's about supply and demand. So, um, so what we see here is the Biden administration and Congress doing the worst possible thing they can, that can do when they have inflation is just printing more money. Let me back up a little bit to uh, John Maynard, uh, Maynard Keynes, uh, the uh, Fabian socialist advisor. He was an advisor to Lenin. He was an advisor to Franklin Roosevelt. He was a relatively disgusting human being. He was a Marxist, a socialist, and a child molester. But um, he wrote a book called The Economic Consequences of the Peace, and this would have been uh, in the, right after World War I. And in the book, he admitted that inflation, he said governments, and I, I'm not quoting verbatim, or it's close to verbatim, but governments can secretly confiscate the vast majority of their citizens' wealth through something called inflation, and not one in a million will know exactly what's going on. So this is, oh, inflation is really a, a, a nasty tax. It's one thing when they have tax brackets, you know, you make a certain amount of money, you gotta pay 15%, you make more, a little bit more, you gotta pay 20%, et cetera, that's a tax bracket. But inflation is a tax that the government uh, wages when they print more money. You see, the only entity besides a counterfeiter that can print money is the government, whether it be the United States government, the government of England, uh, China, communist China. But when they print more money, and there's nothing backing our money. And uh, there's a fascinating book. Uh, well, there's two books. One of them is a little more quicker to read. One of them takes a little bit of investment of time. Uh, the Creature from Jekyll Island. This is a book written by Ed Griffin, G. Edward Griffin. And it's about 600 pages, but it's broken down in a very readable format. Ed Griffin is not a stuffed shirt economist from Harvard, so uh, he writes it in layman's terms. And it's, it's one of the best books out there. And it just talks about how, how we went off the gold standard and the silver standard, and our currency basically is redeemable in nothing. It used to be backed by gold and then silver uh, and now it's backed by the smile of uh, the the head of the Federal Reserve Bank that's what we're dealing with um, and the Federal Reserve Bank is they say well that's a private entity well it's sort of a quasi private entity uh, because the, the head of the director is appointed by the president um, of the United States uh, I think it's a 14-year term um, the people, but then you have the various Federal Reserve banks around the country, and they have some autonomy. But the bottom line is, the Federal Reserve Bank is the vehicle for inflation. In fact, when it was created, um, it was uh, Charles Lindbergh Sr., the father of the famous aviator, 
said something to the effect that this is the most gigantic trust in the history of the world. And he said that nations, our government, our government now can artificially inflate or deflate the currency, can cause recessions, uh, depressions, and also a vehicle to wage war. Uh, because wars cost money, and in order to have money, you can inflate it, and bing, you can have your war. So, uh, so I do recommend the book. You can find it. Uh, I would recommend a bookstore as opposed to Amazon, but you can find it there. The other book is called Financial Terrorism, and this book came out a little about a year before The Creature from Jekyll Island, written by John McManus. And of course, the word terrorism, because let's face it, when you're in, you have inflation and you can't buy stuff, and you might be out of a job because the economy's tank. It could be a little, it could be a little terror. It, it could be terrifying. You know, you got a family to feed. Uh, so, and he, it's it's good history of inflation. And we look at inflation, like for example, in the Weimar Republic, right after World War One, the victorious Allies had these terrible reparations against Germany, and in order to pay it, they had to inflate the currency. And there's stories of um, uh, wives going to visit their husbands at lunchtime with a with a barrel of money uh, because uh, to buy something because uh, an hour later you'd need two barrels of money uh, paper paper money. Uh, there's also a story of somebody with a wheelbarrow going in front of a business and someone came by and dumped the money on the ground the paper paper money and took the wheelbarrow. The money was useless. It wasn't even worth burning. Uh, and you can actually find those uh, those uh, marks, Reichsmarks. I think I have a, a, a million-dollar Reichsmark. But what was even worse than the Weimar Republic, and, and during the Weimar Republic, it wiped out the middle-class savings. It wiped it right out. Now, where you can benefit, if you have a mortgage and you're paying you know, $1,000, $2,000, whatever the mortgage is on your house, and that's a fixed mortgage, uh, you know, bank's not going to like it when that thousand dollars is really <laughs> the value has gone down dramatically. But overall, it doesn't work in the favor of anybody except the big banks and the the, the, the wealthy elitists, the ones that are dear Democrats are telling us they're always fighting when actually they're doing everything to benefit them. Uh, the other uh, history uh, story of inflation happened in. Um, what used to be called Rhodesia before the communist and the globalist uh, around the around the world uh, propped up this uh, disgusting communist um, Mugabe uh, to take over that uh, country that was once the breadbasket of South Africa or even yeah Southern Africa or Sub-Sahara Africa and was turned into a communist stinkhole. Uh, they had hyperinflation and I think. Uh, not just million dollar currency, but billion dollars, and I actually have one. I think the people who were the only thing this currency was worth it was people who teach economics, uh, free market economics. They were using this as an illustration of what happens when you have communists and socialists running a country and inflation gone wild. Uh, it was very fascinating. So, um, uh, <clears throat> so that's what's that's what we see here in this country. It's going to get worse because they just passed this whatever they call it, stimulus bill or whatever it is and Biden will be signing it uh, probably very soon I guess today tomorrow and this is though again this is the worst possible thing you can do when you have inflation is to print more money I I can use a, a few analogies but one that comes to mind is if I had a, a cut that was bleeding very badly on my right arm 
and I went to the doctor. You know, I had to put a tourniquet on it or you had to put stitches on it, what have you. Instead of doing that, he makes a cut on my left arm and tells me that this is going to help. You know, he, he, would have, he, would be, he would lose his license and be jailed for such a, for such a thing. But here in, in Congress, we, oh, we pat him on the back. Oh, wow. And, and guys like Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, the president of the Senate, does, does, it's not going to cause inflation. That's ridiculous. All of the top econo- economists from Wall Street say this is a good thing, and it, it's already paid for. It's not going to be paid for by the taxpayer or just the very wealthy. It's not going to add to the, the, to the deficit. And they say this with a straight face. So Schumer is either a liar or he's stupid. Well, I don't think he's the smartest guy in the room. I don't think he's stupid. He is a liar. And all the media pundits that tell us, and those, uh, I think there was nine Republicans that voted for it. They either were being blackmailed or they are, are also liars. And I think those six Democrats that voted against it, they are probably saying, oh, we really can't support this. It's going to hurt us in the 2022 election, but we hope it passes. They're saying it under their breath. We hope it passes anyway. So they're, you know, it's interesting how this so-called bipartisan works. You know, uh, Both parties are leading us right into total government. Not to say there aren't some decent Republicans that uh, did fight, go against this. Uh, and then they have another one, in the $3.5 uh, trillion. So we, we're going to really take the account. We're not just going to make it tough. We're going to destroy it. Greatest economy in the world. And they're doing this because you have b- very wicked and evil in, uh, people at the helm. And you've got a lot of stupid people out there that can totally that vote for these people time and time again. Um, it was an advisor to Franklin Roosevelt, uh, whose name will oh, it was one of his one of his cabinet members. I can't think of his name offhand, but he said, "Tax, tax, and tax, spend and spend, elect and elect." The American people are too damn dumb to understand. They do hold the American people in complete contempt, and who can blame them? But you, you know, it's fascinating when you see you see these scoundrel politicians. They always seem to be dancing and laughing you know uh, some of them aren't very good dancers so they should uh, not be seen dancing or whatever they call move they're gyrating their bodies that's that's a better word they're not really dancing my daughters dance they've been doing it all their lives they you know there's a it's a it's an art just gyrating your body and clapping your hands that's not dancing anyway uh, but they're always laughing and dancing it's like they're, they're delighting they, they take a delight a satanic glee in destroying this country, they re- if they were really sincere, they wouldn't be so happy all the time. Not to say you should go around being miserable, but they just, you know, these election results and oh, you know, when um, was it Murphy that won his election uh, by a very very narrow margin in New Jersey? No doubt uh, there was enough. Uh, it was close enough that they had to steal it. Um, oh, they're just giddy with delight, you know. Boy, the American people in New Jersey. Some of, a lot of them are waking up, and I'm going to punish those who didn't support me. But I'm back. I got another four years to totally grind the state down, and all these all these wealthy people that are supporting me. You know, they must be stupid. You know, uh, it's amazing. So, <clears throat> so I made those. I recommended those two books on in, on inflation, 
And I think on our website, I think we have a little pamphlet. Uh, i got to be uh, campconstitution.net. Let me check. I think we have a little, a little trifold pamphlet that deals with inflation. Let me see if it's there. Uh, it would be if you go to our website, campconstitution.net, and you see there's a, there's a, a place that says downloads. And, and it would be there if it's if it's up there. But I think we put it there about five or six years ago. We got some really great resources on our website. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Family Heritage Series, Fact Checker, Flyer, Proof of the Illuminati. These are all free, by the way, to download. Uh, Understanding Economic Principles, that's a good one to download. Uh, not yours to give, while it doesn't deal with uh, inflation it's an actually it's a good one to use uh, let's see um, nope I don't see it here all right but it's uh but the one on um, no the one that's listed as um, let's see not yours to give is an excellent uh, one and then um, how's it uh, Understanding economic principles. Let me just check that out and see what that source is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it, that tells you what is money. That's right. So in fact, I'll, let me review it here. What is money? Money is simply a medium of exchange. As a store of value, money may be traded for goods or services, which allows for commerce to flourish. A person buys money when he sells goods or services, and he sells money when he buys goods or services. Once money is universally accepted, it spurs commerce, allows for a wide diversification of labor, stimulates productivity, fills the need for a measure of value, and advances civilization. Without money, people must resort to impreciseness of bartering, which hampers commerce. And let me point out, too, that bartering is something that's mostly done locally. You know, if I'm going to buy a product from California, I'm most likely I could. Uh, okay, look, I'll take... I'll take the, those that that suit, and I'll send you, um, you know, something that I've made, my uh, a piece of furniture that I've made here, or I'll send you a quarter wood. But it's not very uh, efficient. But locally, you know, you could barter, and I've bartered for things. I think we all have done that to some extent. But it's not going to, it's not going to, it, it, it's not enough to for a dynamic economy. You can't rely on bartering. So sound money, and you know, we teach these classes at camp. Uh, over the years, uh, and I would have a silver dollar, and I would drop it, and I'd say, listen to that sound. And then I would get a dollar bill, and I would drop it, and i say, see, you can't hear it, can you? Barely. So sound money makes a sound when you drop it, but that's not really the definition. Sound money, uh, history clearly indicates that good money has these characteristics. One, divisibility. That means if I get uh, 100 ounces of Silver, I can slice it up. In fact, uh, we had a friend that donated 100 ounces of silver, and this particular bar was 9.999 pure, where most uh, coins, uh, the silver coins, more they're closer to 90%, and the what they call junk silver, these would be the half dollars, dimes, and quarters that have been minted in the United States prior to 64, or other you had Canadian uh, silver coins at one point. Uh, that's that's about 78%, 75% silver. Um, so divisibility, 
transportability, that means you can take it from one place to the other. other. Uh, durability and relative scarcity. Gold and silver both fit these qualifications. In fact, gold has been employed as money for at least 3,000 years. Money should be a company valued for its own properties, aside from its use as money, unlike the paper money now in use. There are three types of money. Commodity money is sound money with the four characteristics described above, which includes gold and silver. Commodity money serves to ensure personal freedom by minimizing arbitrary increases in the money supplied by the government. Fiduciary money is a substitute for comedy money, including bank or treasury notes, token coinage, checking accounts, etc. Its value will be equivalent to the commodity money it represents. If everyone has complete confidence that the substitute is fully and easily redeemable for the real thing, fiduciary money combines the soundness of commodity money with the convenience of paper currency. Even electronic transactions can be backed by commodity money. So, for example, if I, uh, well, years ago, we had uh, silver certificates and we had gold certificates. This was, the, they looked like dollar bills that we have now, but it said redeemable in gold. So I could take that, that $20 silver uh, gold certificate to a bank and they would give me a $20 gold piece. I could take that silver certificate for a dollar. I think there were $2 and may even been higher currency. And I could go to the bank and I would get a silver coin. I would get a silver dollar. Now, fiat money, fiat is money that uh, is essentially a valueless substance, such as small piece of paper, which does not serve as a substitute for commodity money. It's like a token one gets at an arcade or a subway, made legal tender by law or fiat. It is redeemable neither as in a valuable commodity nor in a fiduciary money. When a currency's value is diluted by issuing more paper than there are tangible assets backing it, wealth is transferred away from one segment of society to another. Typically, the poor and middle class are the ones who end up short. Fiat money empowers the government at the expense of personal freedom and prosperity by permitting inflation of the money supply, which always leads to higher prices. Fiat money is what we all have in the form of Federal Reserve notes we all carry and consider to be cash. Um, so what's the Constitution say about money? And that's really the key thing here, right? The Constitution grants the following powers to Congress in Article 1, Section 8. To coin money, regulate the value thereof and of foreign coin, and fix the standards of weights and measures. To provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities in current coin of the United States. So the founders intended to coin money to mean taking precious metal and stamping it in coinage for use as a medium for exchange. And when the government does that, they will be a little, I think it's signage, I think is the term they use, that there's a fee for doing that. So you're not going to get, uh, uh, when you get a silver dollar, for example, it's the closest, it's 90% silver. So there's a little percentage that going into making of the coin and distributing it. It'll, you know, it's like a PayPal, uh, when you buy something in PayPal, uh, the, the vendor loses a dollar depending on the, Cost the, the, the transaction is a fee here, so it's sort of something like that. But at least you're getting real money. Now, um, James Madison, a guy who was known as the father of the Constitution, said this: By regulate the value thereof in a foreign coin, power was granted to Congress to create what James Madison explained was uniformity in the value of both domestic and foreign coin. 
The founders sought to prevent disputes about the value of domestic and foreign coinage among the states and by the states with foreign nations. So they gave power to Congress to keep this from occurring. The Constitution lists no grant of power to Congress to print paper money or emit bills of credit, the term for paper money in common use at the time. And if no such power was granted, Congress has no authority to engage in the process or to delegate it to any central bank, including the Federal Reserve. Now, what is counterfeiting? As for the constitutional grant of power to punish counterfeiters of both the securities and current coin, now, how can you, you can, you can counterfeit a silver coin, and they used to do it. Um, uh, in fact, um, one of the things they had, they had a $5 gold piece uh, back in the 1880s, and then you had the Liberty Head Nickel, and the first year the Liberty Head Nickel came out, it just had a V, a Roman numeral V in the back. And it was identical to the $5 gold piece, except one was made out of nickel and the other one was made out of gold. So counterfeiters uh, simply uh, gold-plated the $5, the, the nickel, and passed this off, and people were taking it. Now, a, a $5 gold coin and a five-cent nickel, well, you could hold it, you could feel the difference, but when you're having a transaction, uh, you may not even touch it. You might just, you know, you might even be cognizant of it. Uh, so it was a very clever thing. And another thing that governments would do is to um, they would uh, take the they would take coin they would take silver or gold off the coin. And uh, what you see is uh, in some of the well, it's, uh, as time went on, they would put little um, the mint would put little um, markings on the edges. I forget what you call the little edge. So you know if that's uh, if that is whittled away. It's called coin clipping. You know that the, someone's taking the silver off your coin if the sides with the little ridges were, were not there. Say, uh-oh, someone's been clipping this coin. Um, when Article One, Section 8 granted specific powers to the federal government, Article One, Section 10 lists restrictions on state power. These restrictions were freely accepted by the delegates, yet they agreed to several prohibitions, including prohibitions, including no state shall coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold or silver a tender in payment of debt. Thus, the Constitution clearly states that the only permissible legal, permissible legal tender is gold and silver money. So, um, and then uh, some of the things that in this pamphlet go on talk about what we already, we already mentioned. And it talks about the Federal Reserve Bank and how does a free market work. So this is, a, I think, a very valuable um, little pamphlet, five pages understanding economic principles and you can get that by going to our website campconstitution.net and you see the download uh, you can see the download there and um and start uh and you're welcome to copy and paste this and uh, get the word out because unfortunately most americans do not understand how it works and you know you don't have to have a degree in economics from harvard or from yale to understand it uh, in fact, it's interesting. They, they, they call economics the dismal science, uh, and it is dismal if uh, you have people like uh, people like Biden sitting in the Oval Office uh, and telling us that uh, that spending more money, these ridiculous spending bills, are somehow going to help us. It's going to give us relief, and you know what? It will it will give us short, very short term relief. You know, if you you know if you're suffering from some severe pain. And someone gives you a painkiller, you know, a, bar, a, a narcotic or an opioid uh, drug. Oh, it's gonna, 
you're going to be floating on, you're going to be on cloud nine for a little while. But that problem is still there. That hasn't got, that whatever caused that pain has not gone away. And it's going to, and it's going to come back and it's going to come back with a vengeance. And uh, taking those, taking those uh, painkillers uh, has a toll on your body and it forms addiction. So this is, so yeah, you're going to get some, you, you might get your big fat check or uh, yes, your, uh, when you look at where the money's going, it's just uh, it's it's going to all this green new deal nonsense. So those folks are going to benefit from it for a short time, and then then inflation, uh, hyperinflation will hit. And I'm I hope I'm wrong on that, but they're just putting more money into the system, and sometimes it takes a little while, you know, for the economy to catch up to that. You know, though, but at some point, you know, you're going to so we already see inflation, be it saying about six or eight percent. It's even well. Think about uh, what just the cost of gas. And again, not the price of gas isn't always completely determined by inflation. There are scarcities. But what's 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 even fascinating is the lies they're telling. Uh, we're told by the by the uh, Biden administration that it's something to do with COVID. That factories are shut down and therefore they can't uh, can't can't get stuff produced. And so the, obviously the stuff is scarce, so the price goes up. That's not why. That's not why at all, Biden. And, and you know, I think he knows that. He's not again. He's not the brightest guy in the room, uh, just like Chuck Schumer. But he's not the stupidest guy in the room either. And he's been a he's been smart enough to get himself elected. He's been fooling the people of Delaware all, all these years. And uh, well, it looks like we're running out of time, folks. We only got a we got a few minutes left here. Uh, so I want to thank you for listening to Camp Constitution Radio and on WBCQ of the planet. And until next week, may God richly bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.